The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. From Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, And I want to thank all of you for listening with us today. I'm very glad that you have joined us. And as usual, we're going to have a great program. We have a wonderful guest. We're going to be talking about baby boomers in recovery. So I know you're going to enjoy this. Um, I want to thank you, too, for putting your comments on Facebook, for liking us. You can go to the Spirit of Recovery page there on Facebook and like us. And we get new likes every week, and it's just great um, to have that and to see you and have you as a part of the Spirit of Recovery community. Thank you also for sending your emails and for letting me know how things are going for you in your recovery walk and in your spiritual journey. Um, Also, I want to thank you for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your unity community know about us here at Spirit of Recovery. I love the opportunity to broadcast about the topic of recovery and spirituality here on unityonlineradio.org, and um, I'm glad to know, too, to hear from you that what we're doing here is making a difference for you in your life, in your recovery, and in your spiritual growth. Every week, we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community. We always have guests who are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative, people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people, and we also are always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You can listen to us here on Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. Of course, you can listen live via your computer. You can listen to archives. Um, You can listen um, through your smartphone um, in lots of ways, archives, live, computer, smart devices, all kinds of things. So you can listen on demand anytime you want to. We've got lots of uh, great archive programs on unityonlineradio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery. And I want to thank you also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your spiritual communities know about us here on Spirit of Recovery. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place. If you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're the family member or friend of someone that's um, 
got the disease of addiction and perhaps you're in your own recovery as a family member or friend, perhaps not, or perhaps they are or are not, um, your loved one in recovery, that's okay. Or maybe you're just curious, interested um, in the process of recovery and just looking for some information. Whatever it is, you're welcome here. As a listener, you're welcome here to share a question or a comment via email or by calling in that question or comment here uh, for my guest during our program. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and an Addictions Counselor. I'm also a person who has, in my own circle of love and friendship, many people that have the disease of addiction. And over 30 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development. And ever since then, my walk has been an integration of unity and recovery principles, and that keeps transforming my life and keeps me growing in ever deeper ways. So I am very grateful, delighted to have the opportunity to share with you on these topics and also to hear what's happening for you in your spirituality and recovery walk. Today, our topic is Baby Boomers in Recovery, and my guest is Brenda Iliff. We're going to be talking today about uh, a phenomenon that is growing literally as those of us, I'll include myself, in this baby boomer generation are becoming, as we know, more and more numerous as we are um, in that aging process. And so there's a phenomenon that's occurring uh, with that is that we're finding that older adults are, as we baby boomers are now becoming, are uh, having increased rates of uh, addiction and increased needs and some different needs and specialized needs for uh, recovery treatment modalities. And also, uh, it's important, whether it's for ourselves or whether for, it's for an older family member, to think about how do you address the disease of addiction in an older adult. That can be tough and have some particular uh, parameters around it that might be difficult for us. But my guest, Brenda Iliff, um, is going to have a lot to share with us. Brenda is the Executive Director of Hazelden Naples, and uh, she has a very extensive background, over 20 years of experience in the addiction field, both as a clinician and an administrator and a program developer. She uh, specializes in women in recovery, and she's been a guest here on Spirit of Recovery before and, and talked about that and uh, talked about uh, her book, The Woman's Guide to Recovery. And Brenda is also a specialist in aging and recovery from addiction. She has a background um, in gerontology and chemical dependency and, uh, again, has worked extensively with uh, in the recovery field uh, as a treatment provider and has worked extensively with older adults. So she's going to be sharing with us um, today what uh, she knows from her experience about baby boomers in recovery. So, Brenda, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Well, thank you so much, Anna, for talking about this important subject. You know, we're really starting to see a silver tsunami coming, and that's the baby boomers, um, but the baby boomers with addiction and the older adults with addiction. Um, One of the things we know is that the older adult population, and when we talk older adults, for this purpose, I'm going to use 50 and above because we're... Not, you know, and I'm saying we um, are in a time in life where things are changing, and a lot of that is um, physically, but a lot is with with life and life stages. And um, one of the things we know is that a 50-year-old 
now can expect to live at least another 30 years, you know? So in essence, we're in middle age, but we're also in older adults. And um, every every um, day for the next two decades, we're going to see 10,000 baby boomers turn 65. So they're going to be crossing that extra threshold also. Well, so... Sounds like both, obviously, just because there's a lot of, and again, I'll say us, too. There's a lot of us um, that that's creating part of it. And there are some other things, too, that I understand are part of the issue about older adults slash baby boomers um, that are making this uh, challenging, the issue of addiction. Some of it has to do with lifestyle, maybe, of the era we grew up in. And um, some other things about the aging uh, body. Tell us a little bit about that. What's unique about older adults? Well, and and I think it's real important to kind of separate out the groups. We've got the baby boomers, but we also have the older, older adults, too. And different issues, they were raised at different times. So one of the differences we're going to see with people maybe in their 70s and 80s, those folks were raised and they were taught you follow the rules, you don't question authority, you don't talk about what's going on as far as your feelings. But the baby boomers, they were they were raised during the Vietnam War. They were taught you question authority. And then if we we even bring down the baby boomers, we got the people that were born during the Vietnam and civil rights area, they have a whole different way of looking at life than the people that were born after Kennedy's assassination where there was no draft and yet they got into huge consumer debt and a tough economic situation. But both groups are looking at finding meaning and purpose in life. And the number one thing that will shut down meaning and purpose is addiction, as you know. And the number one thing that will open up meaning and purpose is recovery. So um, there's a lot of things that we have to look at. One of the first things we start to look at that makes people vulnerable to addiction as we age is the aging process. It's a physical process separate from any losses. And we'll talk a little bit about losses too. But And now I'm talking to people 40 and above that as any drinking that we do after we're 40, um, because of changes in our body, Um, And actually, those changes start in our 30s, so they start, you know, most of the listeners you have online probably right now are, you know, 30s or above, but the body composition starts to to change as we get into our 30s, and we're going to have more fat in our system and less water. And anytime we have more fat in our system and less water, we start to metabolize things different, including alcohol. So when we're taking it in, it has greater effects on us. The other thing that starts to happen when we're in 30s, 40s, is we have less than an enzyme in our stomach called the alcohol dehydrogenase enzyme. And that's um, the enzyme that breaks down alcohol. So as we age, we don't break it down as well. We send it out into our system so it's more concentrated as we age. And then we absorb it even better. Um, mm-hmm. What's different for women is women have this situation from day one when they first start drinking. Then you add a woman that's aging. You're not doing, you know, to the second power. You might be doing to the fourth power, that they're more vulnerable, that it has more effects on them. Another piece that affects us as we're aging is our liver functioning. While our liver gets bigger, 
it gets much less efficient. So when we start to put alcohol in it, even if it's those two drinks we've had all our life without a, without any problem, um, and then we mix some pills, we mix, you know, we had a little pain in the hip or the knee, or, man, I'm having trouble sleeping, I'm raising my, you know, my kids are in college and yet I'm caring for my older adult parents, or whatever it is, we start mixing that stuff and um, our liver has a little bit more trouble getting rid of it. And then also we need to look at lifestyle factors, obviously. And we see a lot of folks nowadays taking both prescriptions and over-the-counters, and they may not be drinking as much, but their tolerance has decreased. Um, So there's a lot to look at when we're looking at people that are aging with chemical use, chemical misuse, or even addiction. And we see a lot of folks that um, may have gotten into the addiction world and truly were accidental addicts. They had no history. They had no, um, you know, um, huge traumatic event. But it's just the way the body starts to handle the same chemicals that they might have been using for years, and all of a sudden they're hooked. What's that like for somebody um, in terms of... uh trying to talk with them and also maybe what could happen for them in a treatment or recovery process. Somebody like that that said, you know, I've had a couple of drinks a day all my life. It's all good. And then suddenly they're, how would you recognize the signs, I guess? That must be a shock for them and the family. It is. It's a huge shock for people. And a lot of of what we need to do with folks um, is to educate because many times the signs of addiction m- totally mimic um, the signs of medical concerns. It's very difficult to diagnose when you're talking about older adults. Um, for one thing, a lot of us believe myths. Oh, they're just older. Let them enjoy their life. Or they're in their retirement years. They're supposed to drink. Or sometimes it's hard to look because one of the ways we measure or look at addiction is Objective measures, like are they getting in trouble at work? Are they, you know, missing things? Um, There's a huge stigma with older adults, particularly the older, older adults. Now, remember the baby boomers grew up during the Vietnam War. That was um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So they've used drugs. There's not quite the stigma with that. They probably, if they're still alive, put down the drugs for a few years. You know, they might have used pretty heavily during the 60s, maybe 70s put them down, raise their families or, you know, functioning, and then um, maybe picking them back up. But another thing that's a block to to, um, finding out what's really going on is, you know, many, many years ago, the family was right next door, and they could see if mom was slurring her words or if mom was isolating more, if mom was falling more. But now families across the United States, they don't notice, you know, the user may be actually using less than they did historically. You know, when people say, I'm not drinking as much, we need to believe them. But that's why we need experts, people that really get it is different for people as they age. Um, Many people are on more than one prescription. Um, We really need to train people, particularly the medical people and the clergy, because those are the people that the older population is going to be going to first but we also need to train people like the beauty shop lady because that's who they may see every week or 
um, there was one city where they they trained the electrical workers, the people that went to check the meters, because mm-hmm. they could see signs that older adults weren't doing so well in their homes. I mean, it's it's a whole different model of, in the past it was, you know, with someone who's working, well, you get the boss on board and put a little pressure and they'll probably get some help and keep them accountable. You know, we see that model a lot with with pilots and doctors, and they do really well in recovery because they're held accountable. But it's very difficult in diagnosing older adults. Um, you know, many times we need to look in two areas. One is for physical signs and symptoms, but another one is for behavioral changes. And when we're looking for physical signs and symptoms, and all of these could be medical issues. Um, they could be struggling with activities of daily living, which are things like going shopping, um, keeping track of their bills, maybe getting dressed, um, keeping the house clean, very basic things. But that could also be aging. They could have health complaints and need more pills. That could be addiction, but that could be aging. They could have unexplained bruises and falls and, and burns, you know. Well, that could be because they were drunk, but it could be because of aging concerns, um, hygiene concerns, malnutrition, weight loss, blurry vision, slurred speech. You know, some of that could be other diseases. They could be sleeping and isolating more. That could be aging. That could be addiction. They could be having loss of function, memory loss, sleep complaints. They could be going to multiple doctors and pharmacies. Some of that might be to get their pills, but some of it could be because they have multiple needs. Um, mixing up things, chronic health complaints. So you can see how it just physically, it's a mess to try to figure out. And then you add behavioral changes, isolation. That, you know, that's a real common thing with, um, with addiction in general. But when we talk about aging too, you know, if you move to Florida, and, you know, thank goodness we're in Florida, especially this 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 year, but boy, you know what that does is it takes people out of their communities, and who's checking on them? And they got to make new friends. And even if they come down here for season, you know, several times a year, they still don't have that strong support system of wherever they're originally from. Um, they could also be missing events, canceling events. Well, some of that could be because their hip really does hurt. Some of it could be because of isolation multiple doctors and pharmacies. Um, there's a term with, as people age, we say sometimes they nest. And this is about the older, older adults. But that's that person that um, you go to their house and they've got their favorite chair and by their favorite chair is their their newspaper and the TV remote and, you know, coaster and their glasses. And when I say their glasses, I mean their eyeglasses, but maybe they're drinking glasses too. And what we find is, with any addiction, it contracts life. It makes life so much smaller. But with aging and addiction, life gets pretty small. And just oh, to, you know, people staying at home and isolating. Yeah. Hold on to that. It's time for our break. Thank you so much, uh, Brenda. This is great stuff. Listeners, stay with us. Our topic is Baby Boomers in Recovery. My guest is Brenda Eiliff, uh Executive Director of Hazelden Naples. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you. Looking for the spiritual in your everyday life? Searching for meaning in the meaningless? Check out the book, Rants to Revelations, by Reverend Ogan Holder. Using his characteristic wit, humor, and storytelling, Reverend Ogan brings spiritual insight into practically every arena of human life. From issues of spiritual growth and family life to deep theological concerns about God and reality, he combines personal narrative with philosophical and scientific understanding to bring a fresh perspective into the life of faith in today's postmodern world. Pick up a copy of Rants to Revelations today from www.rantstorevs.com. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week. And start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I'm so glad that you're listening with us today. Our topic is Baby Boomers in Recovery, and my guest is Brenda Eiliff. We're talking about um, what happens um, for those uh, in our aging population, and I'll include myself in that, um, as uh, addiction is an issue and becoming uh, even more of an issue as there become more of us that are older. And uh, Brenda is an expert in uh, working with reco- in recovery with uh, aging adults. She has a background in gerontology as well as in women's uh, recovery. She's the executive director of Hazelden Naples and um, has over 20 years of uh, very active experience in the treatment field in a variety of ways. And uh, before we get back to our conversation, I invite you to join me for a moment of peace and quiet 
in our Serenity Minute to share a constructive idea to relax and be aware of the presence of your higher power. So I do invite you to relax, to take a breath, and to allow yourself to feel that peaceful presence of your higher power. As you share with me this constructive idea, my life expands as my years increase. I'm grateful for the richness of my life as I grow in wisdom and grace. I am grateful for the richness of my life as my years increase, my life expands, and I grow in love and grace. And let's take just a moment in the quiet. Thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute, and I trust that it was a wonderful opportunity for you to relax and to feel your presence of your higher power. And now I'm back to my conversation with my guest, Brenda Iliff, talking about baby boomers in recovery. So, Brenda, before the break, you were um, talking with us about a lot of the signs, the physical signs, the behavioral signs um, of when an older adult um, might be uh, getting in trouble with addiction, with their prescription drugs or, or alcohol or um, perhaps even uh, the illegal drugs. Um, I want to ask you a question. There's a recent movie out, which is just out. Uh, Meryl Streep uh, is, in my book, a wonderful actress, and she plays uh, a mother that is way gone on her um, addiction to prescription medications, and um, the husband is uh, in involved in alcohol addiction and um the, it's a family drama and um great acting but i'll tell you i'm not so sure the family did things that were helpful um one thing is that the family took all of mother's extensive uh, bottles of pills because she did have many doctors and got lots of pills and um they just put them all down the toilet and and mom seemed to be just fine, kind of, at least for a while. How about that technique? Is that a good approach for families? Wow. Did you just hear my gasp? Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's hugely concerning. I mean, it's one thing to get rid of the pills, but what we know about detox for, well, for people that use alcohol, pills, particularly benzodiazepines, which are um, like sleeping pills and anxiety pills, those are the number one drugs people die in withdrawal of. Um, right, Valium, Valiums, right? Valium, Xanax, Librium, Ativan, anything that's, it's in a class that if you kind of put it under anxiety and sleeping pills, generally that's what, you know, something to calm you down. Now, not all pills fall in that class. But the pills that fall in benzodiazepines, um, people need to be medically detoxed from. The same is true with alcohol. The number one drug people die in withdrawal of is alcohol. And then the 
pain-type pills, the opiates, those are pills that um, can be very, very, very uncomfortable. Like heroin, you know, you've, you've heard of people who are heroin addicts and they just feel like their bones are aching. I mean, they feel like they're going to die. They, may, they probably won't die. So we see a lot of folks in our country that are put in jail and detox that way. Um, but it's horrible, horrible detox. What, what happens with most folks is they're mixing all of them. So, um, you know, if someone just says, I'm on just pain pills, it, you know, they need medical attention. I can't say that enough um, for everyone, but particular, particularly as people age because you've got a whole different system going on. Um, as people age, they need a slower detox. It takes much longer. You're going to see um, things happen like they may need help with their physical care. Um, people will decompensate before they get better. So the fact that it went down the toilet and she was doing just fine, boy, that's a rare case if that's the way it happens. You know, um, one of the sad things we see here is people send their loved one to treatment and they get here and we get the chemicals out and all of a sudden you're seeing what's really going on. And they may get worse before they get better. And that's a really hard thing for families to see. It's not, it's not always true, by the way. But, you know, we need to prepare people for that. Um, with older folks, we want to bring them down much, much slower. It's cruel to take someone, and I don't know, I haven't seen this movie yet, but I clearly intend to. Um, it's cruel to take someone who's been on 20, 25 years of benzodiazepines and say we're going to detox you within four to seven days. I mean, can you keep people alive through that? Probably. I mean, I would defer to the medical folks with that. But, boy, is it uncomfortable. You know, we want to take them down slowly. Um, also, with older adults, the detox meds may need to be different than what you're giving a 20-year-old when you're detoxing them. Because remember, we said the liver's different. They metabolize medications different. So that's why you need the medical folks to really, really look at the detox needs and um, you're going to keep, you know, generally they'll be in detox longer. They'll move through it a little bit slower. But, but the big point at that case is just keep them safe during that time. Mm-hmm. Well, g- given all that, what would be, um, if maybe it is a family member that you're concerned about, um, maybe it's a neighbor, like you said earlier, um, or maybe you're even a uh, somebody like the the, the electrical folks that come around and you're noticing that there's some problems, how would you begin a conversation with an older adult? What would be the right approach or, that's, or, or a good approach? There's no right way, I guess, but yeah. what would be some approaches you could take? Well, there's several ways that you can approach it. First, let's talk about the older, older adult. You know, okay. those are the people that um, are not necessarily baby boomers, Vietnam area, um, but the person who's got tons of shame about it, you know, that you never, you never said the A word, the alcoholic word. And I would encourage families and people that love um, folks that are older adults is to keep away from that A word, keep away from the alcoholic and addict word. You know, even in treatment, we'll see folks that there is no way they can say they're an alcoholic and addict. So maybe we need to change our language a little bit and say, Mom, I'm really concerned about some of the changes I've seen, you know, really focusing on 
on what is the behavioral and doing it in a very non-judgmental way because it's so easy to talk into the shame. I would stay away from any labels such as, you know, um, alcoholic or addict and, and using um, terms like, I'm really concerned about what alcohol is doing to you. You don't seem to be yourself these days. Um, it seems like medically things are different for you. And we really would like you to get checked out um, by some people that might be able to help you sort through some of this. Um, it's real important also with families, for them, families and people that love older folks that may have a problem, you know, using terms like um, chemical use, I'm concerned about your chemical use, or even taking it up a notch to it seems like those drugs are really getting mixed up for you. And so taking it away from the shame of the older person. Also looking at our own attitudes. Because sometimes when we even bring up the topic of older adults and addiction, people will say, man, they've earned their keep. Let them enjoy life. Well, let me tell you that older people who are struggling with chemical use, misuse, and addiction, that's not enjoying life. Um, One of the things we look at when we're looking at how are the chemicals impacting them is obviously health issues, but also their independence. As you're losing your independence because you're so isolated or you're not thinking straight, that's that's not fun. As you're losing your function, that's not fun. So looking at our own stereotypes, sometimes we think, well, they're not harming anyone. They're not driving drunk. They're at home. Let them enjoy themselves. This is a temporary condition. Mom's just grieving dad. It might be a temporary condition, but it sure is is leading her down a a concerning path, Um, and her body can't handle it anymore. That's that's the difference. So really focusing on the medical concerns. I'm I'm concerned about the way when I call you, what's the behavior? When I call you at night from California and you live in Boston and your speech is slurred, and I'm really concerned about that, and I'd like you to get some help in checking that out, but staying away, staying away from any labels with the older adults. Now, when we're talking about the baby boomers, that's a different story. They're used to straight shooters, you know. They're not... They're going to talk much more openly, and um, they're going to question you. They're going to question authority. Um, with the older adults, get the medical providers involved. You know, a lot of times people will listen to their doctors or their their nurses or their medical provider, but the boomers, they've they've done it. You know, they're self reliant, and they're gonna um, they're gonna say it like it is. So there again, um, in talking with them about concerns, it's about shooting straight. Dad, I'm worried about your using. You know, I know you used cocaine when you were younger, and then you put it down for several years, and you've been drinking all those years, but it doesn't seem to have had an impact on you. But, but oh boy, oh, boy, now you're in. Now it seems like you're in trouble, mm-hmm. you know, clear. And, and, and the other thing we know about the boomers is many of them may have been early-onset alcoholics or addicts. And by that we mean um, they have a long history of addiction. Um, generally more men are in that class. Um, they they probably have had multiple attempts over their life to quit and clearly probably more problems. About two-thirds of the people we see are in that class. And th- those folks, you can shoot straighter with them. They've probably been in and out of the legal system or in and out of trouble of some sort or had threats of losses at least. 
And there you want to bring in to intervene the family, the maybe the court system or the legal system, maybe the EAP, where with the people who are late onset, late onset is a different animal. And those are the folks that the problem started at 50 plus or 60 plus or 70 plus. We just had a lady here who was over 70 when all of a sudden that alcohol that she kind of had, you know, all her life was no problem, just turned on her. Mm-hmm. And those, the people that are late onset, generally we see more women in that class. And usually it's in response to losses. So we need to take a much gentler approach. You know, it could be losses from um, roles in their life. It could be losses from relationships. And they just want to get out of the pain. And what helps us get out of the pain is something that changes our brain chemistry, whether it's alcohol, mood-altering drugs, food, sex, gambling. And what's the one that's most available to older adults? Well, the alcohol and the pills. What we do see with the late onset folks is the average length of years to getting in trouble is about six months to one year. It goes pretty fast. Where with the folks that are early onset, um, with the women, we see it might be three to five years before they start to develop a problem. With the men, about eight to ten years. So it goes so much slower. And some people can do it for 20, 30 years and do okay, but... Very different approaches if you're going to talk to people about it. With the older adults, it's a much softer, don't label approach. Look at your own stereotypes and myths. Um, And with the boomers, you can pretty much shoot straight. But do it when they're sober, too. (laughs) Do it when they're sober. Great. That's great. Yeah, good, really good uh, guidelines there. Well, what can uh, older adults expect when they go to treatment? do treatment providers understand what that they might have some different needs in treatment? What uh, or, or do they? What what are some treatment approaches that work? Uh, you know, it's real important that the treatment programs. Some some may not have specialized programs like we do at Hazelton and Naples, and some do. So you know, um, not that people need a specialized program, but they do need somebody that gets that it is different, just like we would expect. Treatment centers, you know, they might treat men and women together, but we would expect them to be very gender sensitive. I would expect if you're sending an older adult, and by older, I mean 50 plus, um, you know, if, if you're deciding to go to a treatment center, go to one that really gets that it is different. It's different for baby boomers. It's different for older adults. It's different for younger adults. You know, one of the gifts about being part of a large system like Hazleton and other systems do this too, is they've got specialty centers. So maybe this particular one focuses on trauma because it's different. And this one gets that the young adults are different. Um, Or this one gets that the older adults are different. Um, Looking at a program that's very flexible and individualized. You know, early in treatment, they may need a lot more rest because they may get worse before they get better. That's what's different for older adults. Um, A treatment center where there's some one-on-one because for older adults, the therapeutic relationship is just key. You know, so a place where it's all group, not that people can't do really well in group, um, but, you know, a place where they they get some one-to-one, where there is some medical attention or at least coordination. You know, that doesn't mean they have to have medical on the site, but will they call their doctor in another state or will 
you know, one of the gifts we have here is for local people, we keep them seeing their own doctors, you know, let, because they've already started that relationship. Um, looking at um, how is the program different for older adults? Um, is there rest periods in the schedule? Because what we know about the older, older adults is they're going to follow the rules. And what we've seen is they wear themselves out with the schedule that the other folks are doing. Mm-hmm. Hang on is- to that. We're gonna. It's time for our break, uh, but we'll get right back to that. Uh, excellent information. We're talking about baby boomers in recovery, and my guest is Brenda Iliff, Executive Director of Hazelden Naples. We'll be right back. Stay with us. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Our topic today, if you're just joining us, is Baby Boomers in Recovery. And my guest is Brenda Iliff. She's the Executive Director of Hazelden Naples and um, has a specialty. Uh, background in gerontology, uh, older adults, and chemical dependency and recovery, and uh, over 20 years of very active involvement as a professional in the treatment and recovery field. So, um, Brenda, right before the break, you were talking to us about some of the things that are important uh, if a, a an older adult, and again, it could be the, the older, older adults, and then the sort of the baby boomers, as you've uh, said uh, have some kind of different cultural considerations, but in treatment and um, what's important for them. And you were telling us that sometimes older adults will, you know, they want to follow the rules and they'll knock themselves out kind of trying to follow the uh, treatment regimen and um, wear themselves out. So what are some other Absolutely. So, you know, as, as providers, we can schedule rest periods. That's their schedule. The big piece with older adults is to be flexible and very individualized, and that's not just saying it. It's doing it. So one of the things we've been able to do here is um, a lot of times older adults are caregivers. You know, one man I remember, and he was in his 50s, would come to treatment in the morning, go home for lunch to take care of his wife who had a 
um, debilitating disease, um, would come back in the afternoon and then go home at night, you know. Is that their traditional treatment model? No, but but can we flex things to make that work? Um, can we um, look at, you know, is there hearing and visual accommodations if need be? I mean, really practical things like when you tell an older, older adult, not a boomer, um, to pick the blue pill and the green pill, they can't, a lot of times as we age, our eyes yellow, and so we can't see the difference. So even in the paper we print things on, we use the purple and the pinks with the older adults. It's much easier for them to see. Um, looking at things like um, shorter sessions, you know, not being as strict. Like sometimes in groups we say, don't leave the room. Once group starts, you know, do everything you need to beforehand, and once group starts, and it depends on the group, you know. Um, you stay in the room. But not with older adults. They may need to leave to go to the bathroom. They may need to stand up because their back's hurting. But so much of it is looking at the whole person, who's the key support people in their life, and being flexible. Treatment's about getting people sober, not conforming people to some particular model. Looking at how, how can we involve movement into their world. You know, it might be introducing people to yoga versus we're going to go over to the fitness center and work out. They may not be able to walk over there, you know, but how can we individualize for this person? Mm-hmm. The, um, and part of that, of course, as we know, part of recovery is about finding meaning in your life, which is related to spirituality. Uh, and at the, in the end, at the end of the day, that's what spirituality is, is, is finding a way to find an overarching meaning. So how does that work with older adults? What's, you know, I don't know, people maybe in, in older years or maybe boomers, we've got different attitudes about spirituality. How do you approach that? Oh, man, it's it's so key, you know, for for most of us, as we look at getting into recovery, it's about we've lost some of the meaning. Even if we, even if we had it at one point in our life, and we see that particularly with older adults, is the shame and the whole piece about even being in a treatment center can can take away some of the the purpose and the meaning, and just really can be defocusing for people. Um, the twelve step programs can be so helpful for people with that. You know, obviously, um, education about the difference between religion and spirituality and that some people can have spirituality in their religion, some people need to separate it out, that whole piece that's common in in all treatment um, programs, but then moving people to real-life recovery. What is spirituality going to look like for them in their recovery? And for some folks, that may be. It's really important for them to go to Mass every Sunday. Well, then in treatment, let's make it happen because that's part of their real-life recovery. Brothers, it may be setting up a special confession. Brothers, it may be how do we do... Um, I remember one man we had here who is kosher, very kosher. Well, how do we buy new pots and pans to make this work um, so he can remain kosher? I mean, it's being very respectful of people's rituals and practices, but also bringing in how do we do recovery with that? How do we incorporate that? One of the pieces that I, I just love about being in Florida, and a lot of that is about licensing laws in different states, but in, in Florida, we can have different levels of care at the same site. So most of our folks here, they come to treatment, but then they also, once they're physically and psychologically safe, 
they go out to AA meetings. And I tell you, in Florida, the AA meetings are on fire because you've got all these retired folks who have time that are going to AA meetings from the north, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that's real important is bringing in folks who we call mentors, people from the community who come in every week for part of the older adult group to talk about, yeah, what's it like when you're 50 and all of a sudden you're dead? you're in a treatment center and you never had a problem your whole life. Or what's it like when you're 70 and all of a sudden you're in a treatment center and you never had a problem in your whole life? Or what's it like when you're 60 and you're in a treatment center and while you're there your husband says, I'm divorcing you? Um, So bringing in people who have found meaning and purpose in life um, that can share it with others. Very, very, very powerful. So much about recovery and spirituality, as you know, is about relationships, but how do we introduce people to people who've been there before and are in that whole process? Mm-hmm. Well, that that really does sound uh, so uh, life-enhancing. Uh, it really, it's just amazing. I mean, if anyone could see these, what we call mentor groups, it's just amazing. You know, it's not them coming in and telling their story. It's them coming in and saying, here's what, here's what happened. But more importantly, here's how I'm living life. And, oh, by the way, do you want to go to a meeting tonight with me? You know, it's bringing people along in recovery. So. Mm-hmm. One thing I would imagine, certainly it's true in, at recovery at any age, that it's, it's life transforming and people, you know, kind of wake up maybe uh, to a different level of living. But I'm wondering if, if uh, again, in older adults and or baby boomers, uh, have you seen, like, again, people thought, okay, I've lived my life, I've raised my family, I did my job, da-da-da-da-da, that's how it is. And then all of a sudden, at an older age, it, boy, life really opens up for them. Do you see that? And it, yeah, it's like, oh, wow, I had no idea. Absolutely. I mean, you know, at this site, we've only been in existence in Florida for four years, but, you know, Hazleton's been in existence for over 60 years. And the the people that we've seen at an older age to get into recovery. One of the people that we're consulting with is Carol Cullerin, um, who is really an older adult specialist, and she and I are doing actually a free webinar coming up um, in February. Um, so if people are further interested in this topic, go on Hazleton's website, and there's a, a webinar on older adults and addiction. I think it's February 25th, um, and they can get CEUs. But... Um, you know, she she just is an example herself of a, a woman, and she self-discloses this, who was in her 50s um, and clearly, you know, needed to get in recovery and did. And her life story is amazing, you know. So we um, obviously um, are very, very fortunate to have her as part of our... She's the person that started the first older adult program in the United States that we know of. And now there's several. And at Hazleton here in Naples, we... We have one now, too, and um, thanks to people like her. She also wrote a book called Aging and Addiction by Carol Cullerin and Deborah Jay that is just, if people are interested in, you know, learning more about this topic, it can be a real resource for them. Sure. How do you spell her last name? It's Cullerin, C-O-L-L-E-R-A-N. Her first name is Carol. Mm-hmm. The book is called Aging and Addiction, and it's by Carol, and then Deborah Jay is the other co-author. Um, and really, you know, it was written quite a few years ago, but it's so sensitive to, um, and we, and a lot of our learning as an organization has been because of Carol's pioneering work and, 
Um, we're very grateful to people that went on before and said, yes, it's different for older adults. Please hear me. It's different. And um, now we're, we're able to pass that on to a lot of folks and provide hope. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, we've just got a few minutes left here, but uh, Brenda, you have shared so much. This is incredible. This is really important information and not information that you just find sort of floating around out there every day. This I'm learning a lot. Um, what Thanks. would you a say? A lot of it's anecdotal, but a lot of it's also research-based. Um, for those clinicians who are on the line, you know, there's a tips um, out of SAMHSA. This is free. Our government has paid for it already, but it's called Substance Abuse Among Older Adults. And so, you know, at Hazleton, one of the important things we need to do is what works, clearly, but also what does the research say? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what is, uh, you're, obviously you love this and you're passionate about it. Just what are some of your uh, greatest joys and uh, that you gain from working with the older adults and, and any final words of wisdom you have for us? Oh, wow. I don't know that I have words of wisdom, but I'll tell you, when you're working with older adults, they do. Um, some of the things we've seen in groups here are just powerful. I think for me personally, I, my background is before I came into the chemical dependency field was nursing home management. So, I, you know, obviously I had some education in, in gerontology, but also a passion um, for people as they aged. And I think some of the, the things we see that are so powerful are adult children, you know, middle-aged children getting their family back. Um, one of the, and I need to be careful in, in what I say here because it's it's about a patient, but one of the things that was so powerful was a patient we had that came here, older adult, diagnosed, um, was here probably two weeks, and um, family said, we've got mom back, husband said, I got my wife back. I mean, just the, you know, the the quickness that older adults can get into recovery once they realize that, oh my gosh, you take away the alcohol and they may decompensate for a while, but just how quickly people's lives go back. You know, with older adults, most of them have had strong lives, driven by values, and once they get the correct information, get the chemicals out of their system, they're so easily able to go back to that strong life and really even stronger life once again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, wonderful work. And uh, as, as you said, I love your, your term, the silver tsunami. So as that tsunami grows, um, I know that there'll even be more attention paid to this. So uh, Brenda, I want to thank you for being one of those out there that's leading the way and uh, supporting older adults in recovery and also supporting the families and the friends of older adults in uh, being able to talk in a loving way and hopefully open the door for somebody that might have uh, the disease of addiction to get some help even even in those later years. So thanks so Mm -hmm. much for being here. Especially in those later years. Absolutely. So thank you for being my guest. Uh, It's been great to have you. And I want to thank Anna. Thanks for bringing up this important topic. You're welcome. Thanks to the listeners. Um, Hope you have a wonderful week, and we'll be back again next week here on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. 
This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, it's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Do you experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. From mayhem to miracle, from disaster to divine, Rants to Revelations Radio finds the opportunities for spiritual growth in everyday moments. Drawing from current headlines to pop culture, Reverend Ogan blurs the lines between the sacred and the profane, bringing meaning to the meaningless, with guests who are dedicated to transforming the world for good. Join Ogan live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central for Rants to Revelations Radio.
Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.